Good evening, team. Welcome to tonight's chat with Charlie. I always feel weird to say my own name. I know I said that last week, but it really does sound very self-indulgent. Um, we're going to call it an open office tonight. Uh, Monday, 21st of November. We are about halfway through the Christmas Cracker Challenge, and it is almost coming towards the end of the of the year, which is just bonkers. I think we, we've got, what, six weeks, five weeks, probably five weeks till the end of 2022, which is just mad to say I'm I know everyone always says it, but genuinely, this has been the fastest year of my life. It has absolutely flown by, absolutely flown by. But tonight we've got a good one. I haven't prepared any slides because they are things that don't really need slides, to be honest. Loads of topics. Um, and I'm going to kick off on a bit of a rant, which hopefully <laughs> is OK with you all. But I've got something I want to talk about, and it's something that cropped up in a, an awful lot of our check-ins this week. Now, the best way that I can describe making a change, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, is that in the beginning, which is pretty much start of the challenge up until now, so the last three, four weeks, it's like you've got all this novelty, right? Everything's new. It's exciting. You've got the groove. You've got the training. You've got the webinars. Nothing's really too tough yet or too difficult. There might have been a few bumps with school, but typically the novelty is still there, right? And it's like you're on one of those big blow up bouncy castle things with the bungee strapped to your back, you know, those really fun ones. And you're running and running and running and you've got all this slack behind you. So there's nothing holding you back. It doesn't really feel like there's any pull. There's no resistance. But you're going to get to a point. You might have got to it already. Some of you might be getting to it coming you know, in the next week or two. But you're going to get to a point where that bungee cord, all that slack is going to go. And suddenly it's going to be like you're just being yanked back. And that is essentially your old identity coming into friction, coming in and you know, knocking heads with your new your new actions the new identity that you're sort of carving out if you like your old identity is coming into contact with your new actions because it's scary when you are trying to change your identity you are fighting against yourself you're fighting against your own mind which is probably the most difficult thing to do you're going against your beliefs you're going against your values or your old values you know, you might now value going out for a walk. Old you might have valued curling up with a tub of ice cream and watching Netflix. Nothing wrong with that. I love doing that. But doing it seven days a week, probably not going to be optimal. So you've got these two different versions of you now. And now this sort of, I call it U2.0, is really, you know, you're sketching that person out. They're sort of coming to life a little bit more. Your old version is going to get really, you know, get jealous, basically. And it's going to try and butt heads. And Something that we don't talk about enough, we always talk about fear of failure and fear of failure for me is around when someone's starting a journey. You know, I talk to teachers every single day who have messaged me, no exaggeration, might be some of you guys, you know, three, four, five times they've reached out and said, oh, can I have help? And either they've then ghosted me or they've not replied to a message. And I never, you know, never bothers me. I never judge anyone. But it's because they're not in that right place on that readiness to change cycle yet. Right. They haven't they haven't hit determination and they're not ready for action. So I don't take it personally ever because everyone's on their own journey. But so often, you know, we when someone reaches out and then they don't go through with coaching or they don't jump on a call with me or whatever, it's because they've got fear of failure. They, they failed before, they know how much it sucked, they know how it then led them to have less, less self-belief, and it's scary, making any change is really scary, and taking that leap is scary, but newsflash, it's never not going to be scary, it's always going to be bloody horrible to, to, to make that first jump, right, but that's what we have in the beginning, we have a fear of failure, what a lot of you might be starting to experience now is your, your next favourite challenge, which is always, always fun when it comes up, is actually the fear of success, because Fear of failure lasts for a certain point, up to a certain point. And actually, it's not that 
really that bad because you kind of know well, I've experienced this before it's just gonna be the same thing again it's horrible and uncomfortable and it stops us but it's not the end of the world right you can deal with that fear of success is a hell of a lot scarier because when you realize that actually I am making progress I'm I am changing my mindset I've kept this up for a few weeks now you suddenly start going oh, oh no I've kept it up for a few a few weeks if I miss a step now or if I you know take the wrong turn now I'm not just losing a couple of days or a, a week's worth of habits. I'm now going to ruin a month, two months, three months. And to be honest, guys, you need to get through this patch where you've got this fear of success because there is another side to it where you build up, up, up enough confidence to say, when I do misstep, when I do sort of, you know, have a couple of days off or, you know, whatever it is, whatever your sort of gap is to go, okay, I'm confident enough to go back to my regular scheduled habits. I know what I'm doing and you go back to it and that's not a problem. So after this patch, you'll feel confident missing the gym session, having a takeaway, having a few glasses of wine and you know that you can snap back to it straight away. But right now, loads of you are just entering this fear of success phase. And what that means is that you're scared about what if you're actually successful? Like, hang on a minute, what if I actually reach my goal? My life is gonna change. And yes, that's exactly what you want. But at the same time, your old identity is now calling out saying, yeah, but what if people judge you? What if people treat you differently? What if they make the comment of, oh, she doesn't want that. She's on a diet because they don't really understand what you're doing. You're just changing your lifestyle. You're not on a diet, obviously, but other people don't know that. They don't understand. What if they make a comment at the party? What if um, this changes my relationship, right? Because when you start to put yourself first, things around you will change. People will look at you differently. They will treat you differently. And going back to the whole crabs in the bucket thing, you know, people being like those crabs at the bottom, you're the crab trying to crawl out. The other crabs are going to likely grab you and try and pull you back down to the bottom. That's what apparently what crabs do. I've never put loads of crabs in a bucket, I don't think. But apparently that's what crabs do. And it's just like people, right? Because we're a tribal species. You are now going through the phase where you are challenging the norm. And that is going to feel uncomfortable. So as well as that bungee cord of your old identities battling, you're now starting to think, oh gosh, what if I actually do this? What if I achieve it? And I have experienced that a hell of a lot over the last six months of, hang on, what if I actually do this? What if I'm successful in this thing? People are going to expect me to maintain this level forever, or they're going to expect more and more and more and more. And that is a really difficult thing because you start second guessing whether you're actually able to do it again just like you did in the beginning before you took the step you're now second guessing whether you can maintain it so if you are finding things difficult at the moment check in with yourself are you experiencing that fear of success what are you scared of happening like put put some words to it put a voice to it almost write it down on a bit of paper are you scared about your partner judging you are you scared about your your relationship changing are you scared about your friends are you scared that you have to give up the Friday takeaway with the girls? Like, of course, you don't need to do that. But right now, your voice, your mind might be telling you these kinds of fake narratives because, again, it's trying to pull you back to where we were before. So just check in with yourself. Are you experiencing fear of success? Because it's a really common thing and you're definitely not alone. Right. Got some notes over here. Some of us were talking about <laughs> I'm very straightforward and forthcoming tonight, aren't I? Um, some of us were talking about not planning and preparing. And I'm going to be totally blunt with you. Everyone's got different circumstances. Some of us have got children. Some of us have got older children. Some of us live on our own. Some of us got partners. Everyone's got different circumstances. So in my opinion, no one here is in the same boat. However, we are all in, all in the same storm of teaching. We've all got different roles. So we're in different boats, but we're in the same storm. So we have that thing in common, right? And for nobody here, is it easy 
to plan out your nutrition, prep your nutrition, you know, stick with it throughout the week, still have that food flexibility, still get your movement in. It's raining, it's miserable, it's dark. For no one here, is it easy to go out for a walk, right? That's the first thing I want to say. However, if you don't do it, who on earth is? Who is going to do it for you? I, I don't know if anyone follows Mel Robbins, but she's got this quite famous like viral speech where she said, no one's coming, basically. No one, anyone seen that? And she says, no one's coming to save you. And it is brutal and it doesn't sit well because it, it, you know, again, we've got that confirmation bias. You know, I'm right, Naya's right, Becky's right, Liz, Lizzie's right, Sam's right, Kareem's right. We all think we are right. So when someone comes along and says something so bluntly to us, we're like, oh, screw them. You know, it goes against what we've, what, you know, goes against our inner narrative, right? It goes against that confirmation bias. But, you know, be brutal with yourself. If you don't do it, no one else can. I, you know, you can pay me a million pounds a week. I cannot, well, I probably could, but I'm not going to come to your house and cook your meals for you and put your shoes on and push you out the front door. Nobody else can do that for you. So we've all got circumstances that make things difficult for us. No one's in the same boat. You're going to have weeks where things are much, much harder and you're going to have things where much things, weeks where things are much easy or a little bit easier but always still challenging right because you're a teacher that's when we use that minimum and that maximum range like i said to almost everyone in there checking feedback this week have a minimum standard expectation of yourself it might be walking drinking water fruits and veggies then have a maximum standard for yourself it might be tracking calories it might be portion control it might be food choices it might be getting two workouts in a week a minute and a max so no matter what the circumstances are that you're going through you can choose where you where you go on that scale depending on how you're feeling but always have a minimum standard okay but like i said no one's going to come and do it for you so it really doesn't matter what your circumstances are or how challenging of a week you have you, you you're having or you have you don't need to hit that maximum but you do need to hit that minimum and no one is going to come and do it for you. All right. Think about it this way. If you're experience self, experiencing self-sabotage right now, it could be the things I've talked about earlier, but it could be about the fact that you just, you know, you might feel a little bit lost right now because you've been in the program for a little while, you've been in the challenge for a little while, and you might be in this place where you are feeling a little bit lost. You just need a little bit more structure. If that's the case, you need to do something about it, but you need to reach out for support. You need to put a post in the group because Again, I'll be here for you no matter what, but I can't read your mind. If you don't put a post in the group, I'm not going to be able to help you with it. And I know that that's very difficult and uncomfortable to hear. And it is quite blunt. And I know I'm not normally blunt, but I can't help you. Nobody can help you unless you raise your hand. You need to let people know around you know that you need support. It's really, really important because no one's a mind reader. And that's just the absolute sort of blunt truth of it. The second blunt thing I'm going to say, and I'm sorry if I'm ruffling any feathers or if anyone's sort of thinking, ah, oh, screw you, Charlie. Like, what do you know? Fair enough. So fair enough. If that's what you're thinking. But ask yourself, why is what I'm saying ruffling your feathers so much? Is it because I'm hitting a nerve? Is it because I'm maybe touching on something that you kind of deep down know that you don't want to sort of challenge yourself? Normally, when someone says something, if it causes any emotion in us positive negative whatever it's because it's connected with us so if you're feeling a little bit like i'm touching a nerve right now you need to ask yourself why do you feel like that how is this connecting with you am, do you, am i right or am i just completely wrong <laughs> please let me know if you, you know if you if you think any of that pop it in the comments while we'll i have a discussion about it but second thing i'm going to say is might touch a nerve and might ruffle a feather some people this week 
said that they really struggled to plan. They struggled to make time to week this weekend. So they struggled to plan their nutrition out. Right now, if you're one of those people that hasn't planned out their nutrition for this week, no judgment, nothing at all. I've been there. I've done it. I know that it is hard to do sometimes, but bear with me. If you are someone who has struggled to plan out your nutrition this weekend, stop, grab yourself a notepad and a pen and write down what you did over the weekend. Write down every, everything you did from Friday night. Um, I'll give you Friday night because no one wants to do it on Friday night. Saturday morning to Saturday evening. Tell me everything you did from Saturday to Sunday, right? Saturday to Sunday, everything you did. Tell me how you spent your weekend because I can promise you that you did something instead of planning and prepping your nutrition. Of course you did because, you know, you spent the weekend doing something, right? You might have been looking after your children. You might have been going to visit your parents. There's lots of different things you might have been doing. But I can promise you almost categorically that within there, there would have been a 30 minute slot, right? For you to plan out your meals, to go to the shop or, or, or sorry, plan out your meals and get some, get some breakfast for today and some lunch for today ready. I can almost promise you categorically there would have been 30 minutes in there for you to do that there would have been so the question for me is what else are you prioritizing if you watch you know if you're like me and you binge watch the crown over the weekend but for some reason you didn't get it's great by the way but if for some reason you didn't get your nutrition planned why are you prioritizing binge binge watching the crown instead of your nutrition really ask yourself these difficult questions why did you do that it's not a judgment. It's not a criticism. All I'm trying to do is get you to realize where your priorities are stacked right now, because we know that to get you where we want to go, nutrition, movement, sleep, it needs to go higher than the crown. <laughs> I need another example. It needs to go higher than Netflix, right? Or higher than going out and having one too many drinks. If it's important to you, I'm not criticizing. I'm not judging. I've done all of those things. And that's fine some weekends. But if you're checking in and you're saying, oh, I just couldn't do it. Why not? And then once you've realized what came above prepping and getting planned for your week, whatever, whatever, it went above a workout, it went above, yeah, prepping some food, whatever. Ask yourself, why does this thing in that moment, why did it come above it? And it will be likely that you're self-soothing. It might have been a bit of escapism. It might be self-sabotage rearing its head because of all the things I mentioned at the start of this session, you know, novelty wearing off, fear of success, um, you know, all these different things that we've talked about, identities clashing, those things could be causing you to make the, to, to make the decision to prioritize this above your nutrition, okay? So check in with yourself, what did you put above your health and well-being this weekend? And just to clarify, there's nothing wrong with lying on the sofa with a bar of dairy milk and binging the crown. It's what I did over the weekend, right? Nothing wrong with that at all. But I also made time for the other things. I also got down the gym. I also did a little bit of work that I needed to do. I also got out of some walks. I did both. I didn't just neglect one because for me, I know for my physical and mental health that I needed to do those things last night and yesterday to be able to have the energy to, to be who I want to be this week. So ask yourself that question. Now, sometimes when we're feeling like this, we can look for, or quite often when we're feeling like this, we can look for external things to blame. And it's a coping strategy. It's a coping mechanism because if, if we were to blame ourselves, it's not a, very, not a very good coping strategy. The human brain will look for anything else that it can pin blame on. It'll be people, it'll be circumstances, might be the traffic, the weather. You know, we can spot this. 
remember, don't fool yourself. You are the easiest person to fool, right? You really, really are because of the confirmation bias. Your brain is trying to keep you safe. It doesn't really matter if you're right or wrong. It will look for the evidence that it gets or the perceived evidence that it's got. Oh, it's raining tonight. It's, it's quarter past eight already. I, no, I should probably do should probably do this thing. I should probably reply to that email. It's going to keep you in your comfort zone. What you're doing by making this change is going against your ingrained behaviors and beliefs. You are going to feel uncomfortable. It is not going to be easy. You need to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. The brilliant thing about comfort zone is that it can expand, but it can also shrink, right? We know this with things like anxiety. Anxiety can cause our comfort zone to shrink massively, right? Look at COVID, for example, for loads and loads of people. You can expand that comfort zone. The more you get out for a walk in the rain, the less of an impact, the less of a negative it's going to seem. The more you can get yourself down the gym, the more you can prep your food on a Sunday, the more you can have that difficult conversation with your partner when they're trying to you know, influence you one way, but you want to go the other. The more you do that, the more the bigger your comfort zone gets and the more that lies within your comfort zone. And all we want to do is expand your comfort zone enough so that the actions for your health and your well-being are now in the zone rather than being outside in the stretch zone. Okay, we never want to push you so far so you're in the panic zone. We just want to push you slightly in the stretch zone so that your comfort zone expands. Same as we do with the children and their learning. Too much challenge, not a great thing. Too little challenge, they get bored and they disengage. So just a few blunt things for me to talk about. We've, what we've been discussing there is basically extreme ownership. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. And that is that is a very bitter pill to swallow. Just to finish that little bit, no one is coming to save you. If you don't do it, it's not going to get done. That is the, the bottom line of it. You might get sometimes where your partner might help you out or a friend might help you out or a colleague might help you out. It's, that's going to that's gonna wear thin very, very quickly. This has got to be you. This is on you. And I don't want that to be scary or to be overwhelming. I want that to be an empowering thought that you can do this, that you do have this within your power. And it's not a million miles away. It's so, so achievable. Look at, you know, look at what you've accomplished already and it's only been a few weeks. We can keep moving this forward. All I want you to do is remember that you're casting votes, right? We've got person A, who is you six months ago or you at a time where you weren't physically and mentally happy, right? Happy and healthy. And you've got you, who is you 2.0, the, the version B, the you that you want to be, right? And sometimes it's a really good exercise to think, to fast forward a year, or fast forward three or five years and think about future you. If you do make this change, if you do stick to it, if it does become a lifestyle instead of a fixed short-term thing, for the first time you stick to it, like I know some of you on the call have already have already done for a long time being with me. If you do that, imagine fast forward in that time and you right now going into a room and meeting that future version of you and having a conversation with that future version of you. What would What advice would they give you? What would they tell you? Would they tell you to give up and throw in the towel? Or they tell you that it's about to get a heck of a lot easier. We've all seen that picture of the guy who's digging and he's like just about to hit the diamond and he turns around and walks away. Everyone's seen that picture. It's on like loads of teacher groups. It's literally what it is. And I shared um, a picture in the challenge. I think it was just on Friday or over the weekend. It was the point where you are right now is just before it gets really easy. 
the point where you want to give up the most, which is hopefully not where you are tonight, but you know, it will come, it will come. The point where you want to give up the most is the point where you just need to keep going that little bit longer because you're about to make the breakthrough. You really, really, really are. So just a few blunt things from me. Some of you asked about improving sleep. Um, there, we talked about this in last Monday's um chat with me and that is on the podcast of course we do have a full session on sleep coming up but in last week on last monday's podcast go back to it listen to that because i run through like my top things for sleep also in the guide section there is a sleep tune-up worksheet for you to go through which again on the back page has just a big long list of a, of a few things that you can try it's mostly about improving your sleep environment improving your daily routine and giving you more switch off time and time away from devices but if you're worried about sleep i've really covered that please go and check out the guide section now some of you were asking about building and then maintaining that momentum so that moving forward because we don't talk about motivation in the team we talk about momentum and it's kind of something i already touched on tonight but i just want to give you a really clear analogy for this I want you to treat your health and well-being like your pension. Who here pays into a pension? I don't anymore, which is probably because I don't need to start. Who here has is paying into their teacher pension right now? Pop it in the chat. Surely it's almost all of us. Teacher pensions are blooming expensive, right? How much is it? How much do you pay a month? Hundred. I think I paid, what was it? 150, 175? I can't remember. It was a lot of money. That and PAYE was brutal, absolutely brutal. Go on like upper pay scale and you're like, your deductions are like a thousand pounds a month or something nuts. Salary looks great. Take home his pants, right? But think about, um, I do, thank you, Holly. You can remind me, you can remind, no, my responsibility. I've got to do it. I'll tell you, extreme ownership. I do need to get my pension sorted. It's been a year, been a year since I've paid into it and I haven't even looked at moving over my teacher one yeah it's on the list don't worry on the list for the end of the year um yeah so everyone's paying into their teacher pension do you expect to pay into your teacher pension for the, the it for, for november get to december and then be able to go and cash out 20 20 000 pounds of course you don't because you know how a pension works you know that you pay in month after month after month after month for a long time longer than we want to put words to a very very long period of time and at the end you get your teacher pension right which is one of the best pensions in in the uk right teacher pensions really really good apparently they yeah i don't actually know how it works i'm not very good for pensions but it's, it's good right you get a decent deal out of it apparently you don't expect to see any of that for decades to come yet you still pay it every single month why do you pay your pension every single month if you know you're not going to see it this is the definition, pretty much, of what we call delayed gratification. So that is where you put off the reward. So you have basically a harder life in the short term for an easier life in the long term. It's delayed gratification. The opposite is what we often do with our health and well-being and most other things in life. We go for instant gratification. We choose the sofa over the walk, right? We choose, I don't know, some, I don't want to give too many sort of, specific examples around food because you know that makes it sound like i'm demonizing food but it's just a go-to i guess yeah you choose the donut over your sandwich that you had and then you feel a bit rough afterwards because you had loads and loads of sugar right nothing wrong with donuts obviously but you know you choose the instant quick fix instead of the long-term payoff you don't really want it but something makes you go towards the instant quick fix and that is gratification instant gratification it's an easy life in the short term for a much harder life in the long term because if you repeated that behavior every single day 
in 30 years, your health's going to be in a pretty bad place. So treat your health and well-being like your pension. Pay into it. Use the pension perspective. Pay into it, but don't expect anything back forever, really. Just don't expect anything back because when you do start to see changes, it might be weight loss, it might be fitness, it might be mood, it might be energy, it might be mental health, it might be sleep. When you do start to see those changes, you are it's going to be like free. It's going to feel like you're getting this stuff for free. So it's like it's a free reward because you're not thinking about the effort you're putting in. You're just doing it and expecting nothing in return. And if that's honestly a superpower, if you can do something and expect nothing in return, when you get that reward, not that you expect it, but when you get that reward, it's going to feel a million times better because you weren't expecting it. Right. That's what I wanted to talk about. Um, what else have we got here? Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. Had a few people asking about a few things that we've already covered. So please make sure you do go back and you listen to every session what, or you watch every topic training that we do on a Thursday. Please watch them back. Listen to them back because this week we had quite a few questions that have already been covered. Um, but people then said they haven't listened to the session. So please, please, please listen when you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're driving, whatever. Go back and listen to it. Right. Final thing I want to touch on is going to be managing that staff room nutrition environment, because we are coming up to the time now where it is going to get tricky. There is food flooding in. It might not be food that you are wanting to eat all the time. It might be sometimes food, but at the moment it feels like it's there all of the time. Right. Remember, we've got those two types of food, food that we can have in abundance all the time that less uh, that more optimal um, more nutrient dense sometimes lower calorie food right and then we've got the sometimes food so it's the, almost like the 80 20 rule isn't it food that i can have 80 percent of the time food i can have 20 percent of the time of course you have unconditional permission to eat whatever you want whenever you want because you're an adult but if you're looking at that balanced lifestyle it's going to be something like that sometimes food all the time food now staff room is currently full of loads and loads of sometimes food how can you manage that? The first one is going to be, believe it or not, to plan and prepare. If you're going into school, you haven't had breakfast, blood sugar's coming down, you're relying on coffee, you're feeling a little bit, you're going to go and grab the chocolates. Of course you are. It goes without saying, because your body's going to be going for that instant gratification. It's going to be driving you towards, your hunger hormones are through the roof, right? Your, your uh, ghrelin, ghrelin, ghrelin gremlin is on sitting on your shoulder and it's saying, you are hungry, go and eat something because you haven't planned, you haven't prepared something. So make sure you have a decent breakfast, protein, fruits and veggies where possible, maybe a bit of fiber. So like oats would be a great one for that. Get yourself sorted for breakfast because it's going to make saying no to that third muffin a heck of a lot easier. Then when it comes to the staff room environment itself, you could, if you wanted to, bring in, bring in an alternative with you. So you can take in your own snack if you want to. However, what I'm going to say, probably not expecting, is to actually go in and enjoy what is in the staff room. Because if you go from Monday through Monday to Thursday and you say, I'm not allowed that chocolate, I'm not allowed that cookie, I'm not allowed that cake, you are building up that expectation and that value in your mind. It's like the child who isn't allowed the toy that goes up and up and up and up and up. And you're just sort of thinking, oh, I really want that now. And for some reason, come Friday, that, you know, that handful of chocolates after your lunch were going to make you feel a bit sick or, you know, it's eight o'clock in the morning and you're eating, you know, I don't know, Starburst or something. You know it's not going to make you feel good, but for some reason it feels irresistible. And that's because you 
built this up, the value of that food is so high in your mind because you told yourself you're not allowed it. So I would actually say you'd probably be better off in most cases going into the staff room, having your lunch, making yourself a nice cup of tea or whatever, grabbing a, oh, they don't even put bounties in it anymore. Is this true? Did anyone see that rumor about them taking bounties out of celebration boxes? Um, you know, you're going to get, a, I don't know, what else they put in it? Mars. You pick up a Mars little celebration. You have your cup of tea. You eat your Mars celebration. You have your cup of tea. You don't then feel the need to go and have 55 more of them, right? Because you've just, you know, you've had what, a 60 calorie little chocolate with a cup of tea. Lovely jubbly. If you're tracking your nutrition, track those calories. If not, just remember it as part of your broad and balanced diet. I've had a little bit of my sometimes food. I've only, you know, I'm only going to allow myself to have a little bit, a little bit more of that. Then I'm going to fill the most rest of my day with um, all, all the time food. You know, that 80% whole foods. That's all we need to do, because I, I, I do think that we build this period up to be more than it needs to be because we put that pressure on the good food, bad food, clean eating, dirty eating sort of thing. I think this time of year we do struggle with the pigeonhole in nutrition. What I want you to think about is that spectrum. I know I'm going to bang on about it all the time, but that spectrum thinking, because if you can go in and again, enjoy a little bit of what you fancy, a little bit of what you fancy four days a week is a heck of a lot better than damaging your relationship with food, over restricting yourself until Saturday night, or I've done this before, Friday night, um, everyone else has gone and there's like, warm cheese and pineapple on the table in the staff room or something equally as rank Kareem knows um, and then you're going in I'm going to get like my Tupperware out the fridge or whatever at the end of the day no one else is around and I'm like well no one else is going to eat it and I'm there like stuffing my face with horrible warm or like hard bread that's you know hard bit of tiger roll that's been left on there Be because I don't know I haven't eaten I've restricted myself whatever it is throughout the day I've done it before it's really really difficult so give yourself a little bit of what you fancy have that broad and balanced mindset, zoom out, look at your week on average, don't over-restrict yourself. Now, the other side of that is that sometimes for some people, we're not quite in that place yet where we are able to moderate that food. So you might want to take in your own sort of similar thing to enjoy that you've already sort of maybe managed the nutrition with, you've pre-planned it you've pre-packed it whatever that's fine as well because you're all in different stages on your journey and there's no one size fits all with any of this so it might be that you are the kind of person that right now in terms of relationship with food and mindset you might need to simply have a not today sort of mentality around it however i would say as as much as you can try to to you know maybe use that a few days a week and a couple of the other days a week have that moderation mindset where you do allow yourself a little bit. It's very, very tricky. I've seen it work both ways. I've had clients before who found themselves literally pretty much every evening going for a whole pack of like chocolate hobnobs, right? Because they've over-restricted with it for so many years that that food alongside emotional eating and other, other sort of, you know, um, issues around it, you know, they'd over-restricted it for so much. That was their, their food. That was their trigger food. Sent in that person that they had to have one chocolate hobnob a day. And you know, I don't do prescriptive meal plans because I'm not going to know what you're going to eat in two weeks time. Me saying you need to do, you need to have one chocolate biscuit a day. Suddenly after about three, four days, they think, well, actually I don't really fancy it right now because the value of that food is gone. It's not as amazing as, as they think. And if you can get to the point where you can have a little bit, you're going to really, really thank yourself. So give that a little bit of a try. Bit of a different perspective on it. 
you know, loads of you would have been told in the past to not go in the staff room, to avoid it, to that you had to take your own alternative, your own alternatives. Give that a go for the first week of the Christmas food knocking about. Give that a go. Let me know if it works. If, great if it does. If it doesn't work, we can work together to find something else. Pop it in the group or pop it in your check-in and we can find mini mince pies. Yeah. Oh, oh, they are good. They are good. And right, let's be honest, guys. You are going to eat a bit more some days and you're going to eat a little bit less other days. That is fine. This period isn't to not live your life. This is a period of the year where food fulfills that role of being connection. It's it's love, it's connection, it's social time, right? How nice is it um, when you, you've got a class and you, you love them, you get on really well with them and you go in and you have your Christmas dinner and they're like just buzzing to come around and sit with you and chat. No one wants to sit there and say, I'm not allowed to eat my Christmas dinner, right? No one wants that kind of relationship with food. You want to enjoy this, this season of connection, so let's use the next couple of weeks as a bit of a prep sort of mode to get ourselves to that place. So when those really nice moments do come around this Christmas, we can have a different relationship. I can promise you that if we can get this sorted and we can look at this, you can um, you can really like end this year. when you, As you go into 2023, you're going to be sitting there thinking, I don't feel bloated. I don't feel sick. I don't feel lethargic. Because you've had your food, you've had your fill, you've enjoyed your food, you had a little bit too much Christmas pudding or Christmas cake or whatever, because we all do, right? We have a little bit too much cheese. But you're not ending this year kicking yourself and beating yourself up and guilting yourself because you've enjoyed Christmas. I can, I, you know, I can promise you that if we get this right, your Christmas experience is going to be a heck of a lot nicer than it has been because you're not going to spend that time berating yourself and you're going to moderate yourself a lot, lot better. Uh, of course, got some recommendations coming in here. Mini mini Christmas pies discovered mini gingerbread men from Tesco's. Ooh, didn't know they did mini ones. That sounds good. That sounds good on top of a gingerbread latte. Nice. I like the sound of that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, some comments I missed from earlier. Um, I always I have I've always had a fear of success, especially when getting into a good rhythm and start to become very consistent. Absolutely, because you've got to think that that again, like I said earlier, that old identity is starting to freak out a little bit and it's starting to lash out and it's starting to think, hang on a minute, I'm I'm toast here. Like, you know, they're doing really, really well. They're starting to actually change those beliefs. I, I might be done for. And and I know it sounds a bit weird, but it literally is. Um, the way I want you to think about new habits, new belief systems, um, new new thought patterns, right, is this. Imagine that you've got sort of a ball. The ball is your brain. Coming out of that, this is not science at all. It's just an analogy. Coming out of that brain, you've got loads of weeds growing, right? Loads of messy, tangled weeds. Those weeds are maybe your negative associated thoughts. They are negative beliefs about yourself. They are thought patterns from the past. Their old habits, they are um, over-reliance on food to comfort and to soothe. They're all these different things that we want to sort of knock on the head, right? That's like a big, messy, weedy bush, right? We don't, we don't want that. Our job really is quite simple. We need to plant new seeds and we need to nurture them and we need to water them for as long as it takes, as, as consistently as possible it won't be every day but as consistently as possible cast those votes water and, and nurture those seeds so that they start to grow and actually take take shoot take root take root and they start to shoot out okay and then at the same time 
because we're not watering and that means basically we're not doing them we're not watering those beliefs that self-story those negative thought patterns because we're not nurturing and watering those those weeds will start to die away and this is literally neuroplasticity right this is i had this conversation with lizzie earlier i think um you know um this is literally neuroplasticity this is a case of we are rewiring connections in your brain and then we are reinforcing them. And we know we know from teaching, that's how learning works, right? Connections in the brain, they get stronger and stronger. The messages travel faster and faster and faster. They get wrapped in that myelin, that white stuff. They become like super strong, right? We want to do that with all of the positive things. Let those new shoots grow out. Let the old weeds wither and die because they haven't been watered and, or paid any attention to. They've got no sunlight, got no time of day. They wither and die. And then you're left with the habits, the beliefs, the thought patterns that you want. That's basically what we're trying to do. I don't know how I got onto that, but that's how that's what we're trying to do. And um, definitely fearing failing at the moment. Blunt Chinese made me think, yeah, doesn't doesn't come out often. But I just thought, got to be honest with you, those are some of the things that a lot of us are facing right now. When you, Becky, when you're sort of thinking about that fear of failing, take take 15 minutes right? Even if it means that you say that you're going to the loo and you go and lock yourself away in the toilet and with your notepad, do whatever you need to do to get yourself some time, hopefully not at school, but do whatever you need to do to get yourself 10, five, 10 minutes alone and just write down what really, what is going to happen if that failure happens and what failure means to you. I heard something on my mental health course the other day, failure, we all know failure, fail is first attempt in learning, right? That's quite a common one, but it was first, failure is first attempt in learning what are the letters? First attempt in learning, understanding, remembering, and I forgot what the E was. I can't remember what it was. Enduring or something? There was something. But basically, it was it was like the whole fail first attempt in learning thing. But I thought it was nice because it expanded it beyond learning. It's about all the other things. Because so there'll be times that you misunderstand something. It might be misunderstanding yourself. might be misunderstanding the situation. There'll be times where you forget something. You don't remember the habit isn't there yet, whatever. So it's a it's a first attempt in remembering. So I just thought that failure, I can't remember what it was. There's there are probably loads online if you Google it, but I thought that was quite a nice acronym, if that's the right word. But yeah, guys, that's what I want to cover tonight. I did have to talk about the menstrual cycle and its impact, but I'm not going to do that in 10 minutes. Um, we do have a full session on women's health, which is going to cover menstrual cycle, PCOS, uh, and menopause quite briefly of course to fit all those in, in an hour but that's coming up soon <laughs>